But we're all here, aren't we? <clears throat> so we might as well just have a good time in the Lord. Praise God. This morning, Sister Pam was baptized in Jesus' name. Praise God. Raise your hand, Pam. All right. Now, don't be too reserved about this. We saw you jumping around up here this morning. God got a hold of her. I'll tell you. We began to ask her about the Holy Ghost. I don't know if she uh, would do this, but I'd like for you, Pam, if you would. Now, don't be reserved, okay? I want you to express how the Holy Ghost feels. Can you do that? This morning, I, I asked her about this. She, How's the Holy Ghost feel? She said, oh, woo! It just feels good. <laughs> Praise God. That's all she can say. It's joy, unspeakable, and full glory. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Isn't God good? Praise God. Praise God. While you're standing, I want to read my scripture text for tonight. Exodus fifteen twenty six, and then uh, do a little talking, and then we'll get back to the scripture. Exodus fifteen twenty six, praise God. <clears throat> this is a great, great scripture. I'll just read read it as it is. It's a continuation of twenty five, and said, "If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God." And will do that which is right in his sight. And will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee. Which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. We're going to talk about healing tonight. Praise God. You may be seated. We do welcome all of our guests. Praise God. We get excited around here about the Lord and about what God is doing. <clears throat> praise God. I've asked our praise singers and to stay up here. And, of course, uh, Sister Grant, Sister Wittenbach, Brother Dennis, and Brother Dan. Uh, I'm not really for sure what I'm going to do tonight. I'm just going to talk about healing. I know that. I have found that in order to, to have a healing take place in your life. And there are many different kinds of healings that we just need to worship God, create an atmosphere of uh, worship, yield to God, and have faith. And that is something that's very important. But before I get into the message, I just want to make mention again about our old-fashioned Sunday. We're really expecting a great day record attendance. I know uh, June 6th is probably the ideal weather weekend in which a lot of people would like to be on the roads and such, but it's also a good time to have a, a service in which we honor the Lord. All of our Sunday school teachers and staff people, we're going to all be dressed in old-fashioned attire, and someone was asking about well, someone even made mention, well, I don't have any Western. Well, it's not Western. I said, well, Pastor Grant always dresses Western. No, I only did that one year, and that was last year. Uh, before then, <clears throat> I rented a suit. There's only one in town that'll fit me. <laughs> and they had it rented out <clears throat> last year, so I wasn't able to, to get it. 
but uh, we're just going to have a great time. The Mormons are coming, they're choir, they're going to all be dressed old-fashioned. <coughs> Brother Mormon will be... Uh, <laughs> now, what did I say? He said the Mormons are coming. <laughs> <coughs> I don't say anything funny about it. I, the, the Mormons are coming to be with us. <coughs> Brother and Sister Mormon, okay? <coughs> That's their last name. It's not the religion. <coughs> they're, <laughs> they're coming to be with us. There's choirs coming to be with us. This is not the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. <coughs> it's the Marshfield Choir. <laughs> they're going to be with us, and we're going to have a great time. We will start our service. We'll go to 1130 and then have a, an altar service. 12 o'clock, we'll be going outside. We'll have a couple of big tents set up. Uh, we're asking everyone to bring a picnic lunch, and we'll be talking about that later. Uh, not later in this service, but a later service. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> we'll be purchasing ice cream for all the kids and, I guess, adults too. And we have 500 balloons coming, uh, something like that. Uh, they will be blown up with helium. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty sure this will prove to be interesting. Uh, <coughs> Kids let balloons loose all the time. I was over at Easttown one time. They were making these big helium balloons, and there must have been 50 up in the ceiling. I don't know. But uh, we're going to have a great time. We'll eat our picnic lunch, come back inside, and have a, have a singspiration. This will last for a couple of hours. And then after that, there will be recreation for anyone that's interested. There will not be an evening service. And uh, we will let out by 4 o'clock in the afternoon so that those who'd like to play volleyball or softball or whatever they'd like to do, or those who would like to go home and get their afternoon nap, <laughs> well, we're going to have a great time. Amen. We will have a great time. Amen. Praise God. We will have a great time. I really think, though, the best promotion that we can have in this church would be a, a great move of God. That's the, really the best promotion you can have. Uh, I told our staff some time ago, I said, uh, we were talking about new converts. We're not getting as many people filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I had been praying about this. I said, you know what the problem is? We're not talking about it. And if you don't talk about it, you don't expect it to happen. Isn't that something? I know I was preaching at a church, or actually I was giving a seminar. The pastor slipped up to me and said, uh, well, Brother Grant, you're talking about a good number of baptisms. We, ha we haven't had anyone baptized here, and I don't remember when. He said, uh, what, do you, what do you think we ought to do about this? I said, well, number one, fill up your baptismal tank with water. In other words, expect somebody to be baptized. You know, well, we, you know, we just fill it up and it gets dirty. And I said, well, don't worry about it. It's going to get dirty if you baptize people. And if you don't fill it up, the dust still falls in the open space anyway. So you have to clean it out before you fill it up. Well, we have to heat it, you know, and well, okay, all right, all right. Do it your way. 
But I'll assure you, if you don't expect it to happen, it won't. You have to do, you have to get ready for these things. Every time we come to church, we need to believe that God's going to do something great. Praise God. Now this week, we're just going to be fasting and praying about revival. So how many of you, if you'll bow your heads with me right now, how many of you will fast and pray Monday for a great move of the Lord here at Calvary Gospel Church? All right. Some hands are raised. What about Tuesday? All right. Hands are raised. Wednesday. All right. What about Thursday now? All right. Friday. Okay. Saturday. Okay. And then Sunday. Praise God. All right. This is great. This is what we have to do. Now, before I even go any further with this message, I want to I want to just sing a few choruses of worship. I don't know. Maybe I'll just read a few scriptures and talk about them a little bit. Uh, I want to... God, I want to see God do something tonight. We obviously have people who are not here that need a healing. Sister Miller, her condition is, is, is not good. It's almost on a daily basis you can see the digression. You can. But we're going to have to really believe God for a miracle for Sister Miller. Of course, uh, Sister Reagan has suffered and suffered and suffered. Uh, Brother Reagan, we're continuing to pray. We're continuing to pray. It's been a long, long, hard battle for Brother Reagan. We were just at Sister Merrick's funeral, as you know. We talked about it last weekend. It was a long, hard battle of cancer. And, uh, of course, I know, and you know, that everybody has to leave this earth. And we will leave through some, most likely, some tragedy. Most people don't just go in perfectly healthy, close their eyes, and never wake up to sleep with Jesus. Usually it doesn't happen that way. But unless God specifically gives us a directive that that it's time for that person to go, you and I, who are healthy and well, owes it to the individual to pray, to seek God, to fast, to believe God for their healing. Praise God. We want to create a just an atmosphere of worship. Now, we've been worshiping already. But we're going to be singing a couple of courses here. So Sister Grant's going to lead out with them. We're going to all follow her, all right? Brother Manley is, I'm sorry. Pull the mic over, Sister Grant. Brother Moran, okay, pull this over, Sister Sue. We're going to all sing the mic, if you would. Just turn all the mics on if you could. All hail King Jesus. Now put him on the throne of your heart. Would you do that?
I forget about everything but Jesus. All hail King Jesus. All hail Emmanuel. King of kings, Lord of lords, bright morning star. And throughout eternity, I'm going to praise Him. And That's it. Now yield your heart to him. All hail Emmanuel. For the sake of God doing what he wants to do among us. To be in one mind and one accord. Let's all yield to him right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We magnify your name, Jesus. We magnify your name, Jesus. You're a wonderful God. You're kind. You're good, God. You're considerate. Jesus, 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 Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Oh, hallelujah. This very night, I stand by your side to strengthen you. Remember, I am the source of all strength, of all power, and faith. 
that seed I put in your heart, it has grown. I am the Lord your God. I have come to help you, to assist you. Put your faith, your confidence in me. Worship me. Yield to my spirit. Let me move freely in your life, freely through your bodies. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You cannot do it. I and I alone can do what needs to be done. Give yourself to me. Take note through my word of the things that I have declared. They're not for yesterday. They're not just for tomorrow, but they are for this present moment. Give your life to me, saith the Lord. Oh, God. Jesus, Lord, I love you. God, we love you. Praise God. Just continue to yield to God. Oh, hallelujah. Most likely if I ask how many people here need a healing, there would be 50% of you that raise your hands. Once I get into this and talk to you about the various kinds of healings that are found in the Scripture, everybody's hand would go up. Mine would. I know my wife's would. And I think I know most of you and know that your hand would go up. So when I talk to you, and I need to get into this, and I know that God has just spoken to us, let this be a source of strength and faith. We're going to yield to God. When we complete this service tonight, we're going to be in one mind and one accord. The power of God's going to move like never before. God's going to do something. I believe that. According to the scripture, there are several types, or maybe I should say several kinds of healings. 1 Corinthians 12. And we may just uh, stop any time and sing. Now, the ladies who are on these uh, benches, uh, if you would like to get another chair that's more comfortable, feel free to do that. But if you want to stay where you are, that's fine. 1 Corinthians 12, spiritual gifts are explained. Uh, <clears throat> there is an explanation given for some of these but some of them the explanation has to be found elsewhere in the scripture so when you look at verse 9 the Bible tells us to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healing Notice it is plural. Which leads us to believe that healing, which is so very important, covers more than just the healing of a physical ailment 
Boy, that is extremely important. Verse 30, we find it again, the Bible says, uh, verse 28 and verse 30, both. Have all the gifts of healing. Verse 28, it speaks of the gifts of healings. So when we look at spiritual gifts, and many people have already declared that there are nine spiritual gifts, and others say, well, there's 20-something in the Bible. One man said there was 40-something. It would be pretty hard for us to determine. We just know that our God can meet all of our needs. So whatever need you have, God is able to, to meet that need. Now, normally, when you look at the Scripture and you find the word healing, that it is separate and apart from a miracle. Now, we do find, however, that a miracle that takes place is something that just diametrically opposes nature and happens instantaneously, just right on the spot, right then. Whereas a healing can occur over a longer period of time. Now, I do believe, however, in the Bible, uh, when miracles took place, when they pertain, when, they, when the miracle had something to do with the human being, that uh, the word healing is used. Uh, and I, I don't think that that is, that is confusing at all. But I do know that in Mark sixteen sixteen the Bible says, They shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. Now, I said that to say this, that if you have been prayed for, regardless of why, we have prayed for you, and that as a result of the prayer something started taking place inside of you, you should not be discouraged. You should continue to believe God. Now, most of the time in which I've been prayed for and healed, it did not happen just on the spot. There have been other times in which, I mean, just as soon as the prayer was prayed, I mean, I was just totally, miraculously healed. But please understand that the, in 1 Corinthians 12, the Bible does speak of the gift of miracles, the gift of faith, and then the gifts of healing. Now, there are several types of healings, and I want to talk about some of these because I think if you, you take a look in the Scripture, you'll find out that God's not just interested in the physical aspect, but he's interested in the whole you, body, soul, and spirit. In Psalm 41, 4, there is a scripture that uh, is found, and I think this is just a, a beautiful scripture, Psalm 41, 4, I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. So there is the healing of the soul. 
when a person sins against God, condemnation and guilt comes. Now the Bible says, There is now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but after the Spirit. But we know that some people get their sins forgiven, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and because of a horrible past, they can't seem to forgive themselves. They live with this guilt. And they live under this condemnation or something. Every now and then there'll be a flashback. Maybe they'll see something, something in a magazine, read something in the paper, hear something preached across the pulpit. It's not intended to be that way, but nevertheless the devil will just come and just really have a heyday by whispering in your ear and talking to you. So there is the healing of the soul that has to take place as a result of, of sin. Now, I, I, I look at, uh, uh, at faults and sin in, in, a, in a different light, but nevertheless, they, they still fit under the same category. You will find that a sin is something that God will not tolerate. Human weaknesses, however, uh, have to be worked out. Uh, the individual must discipline himself and overcome the human weakness. Uh, let me just explain. Being a poor steward, according to Scripture, is, uh, will, will, will obviously bring about uh, a very chaotic condition. Uh, it, it will. But being a poor steward usually is a result of some human weakness that you have. Uh, and many times you just have to discipline yourself. But let's say that, that you were a poor, poor steward and, and you overcame that. In other words, you got the right philosophy ingrained in you and you asked for God's help. But let's say that you owed $100,000 to a thousand different people. Now, that's a lot of money. But some people, you know, they just seem to owe everybody in the world. Now, you, you will have to live with that condition till you pay off those bills. Uh, now, God doesn't look at a human weakness like he looks at outright sin or a violation of the Scripture. Now, because you have to live with that, though, for a while, you'll find that guilt will come to you even after you start practicing good stewardship. Now, the best thing you can possibly do is throw yourself at God. Manifest faith in God. And when you pray, remember to create an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere of yielding, and an atmosphere of faith. Not too long ago, I was asked by a couple of people to kind of solve a little bit of a situation that came up. And they were talking. I, I didn't know. I said, before I find out what's going on, that is, who's arguing what? Just tell me. So I can, I can just 
without any reservation. I just like to listen to what, what's going on. And so they both began to tell me, and they didn't say anyway what they were doing. They were talking about some little something that one of the persons was doing. And uh, do you think God cares? Well, I said, does your pastor preach against? Oh, yes. Uh, well, <clears throat> what what is the basic feeling? Well, the basic feeling, they were both uh, talking, not saying who was doing what, but I don't understand why this has to be done. And the person who was opposing it was uh, representing the uh, positive side of this also, same side with it, uh, because I'd asked this. I said, well, now here's the thing, you know. In the Scripture, to be a disciple of the Lord, you have to give up houses and land. Isn't that right? The Bible says that you also have to give up father and mother. Does it say that? The Bible also says that you have to give up your children. Does it say that? And prove that. The Bible also says, yea, and even your own life, and take up your cross daily and follow me, or you cannot be my disciple. Now, I can understand someone who claims to be a Christian that's given up houses and lands, father and mother, husband or wife, children and their own life that'll make a big issue out of what I can or what I cannot do. Now that 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 bothers me, see? What's what's the big issue if you I mean if you're so dead? You may say, well, we can't do anything, Brother Grant. You you've heard that, haven't you? You know? Well, see, you're only looking at the things that the flesh really enjoys. But did you know that you have a soul that longs for God? Do you know that you have a soul that if it is healed, that that soul will pant after God? The Bible says like a heart or a deer will pant after the water brook. It will. And for the soul to be healed, there must be this yielding. So when you pray, if there's guilt or condemnation that's in your life, you really do need to just yield yourself to God. I mean, yield yourself to God. Maybe I could use another word, give up. Every now and then you'll, I'll be talking with someone at the altar and I said, it's so hard. You know why it's hard? Because you're not giving up. You're still fighting. Fighting to hold on. Struggling to hold on. Hold on to what? Those things that are killing you. Those things that are causing you harm, turn loose. 
turn loose of them and say, Lord, I give you this. I want my soul to be healed. I want my soul to be healed. Now, I don't know if there's anyone here that's living under this cloud of guilt, of condemnation. And I know of Christians that, that have become chronic in making the same mistake, you know, just over and over and over and over and over and over. And then all of a sudden they overcome this, but their, their credibility is not quite so high. Because, you know, God forgives and God forgets, but people don't. And because every now and then they might feel a little bit of a distance or coldness or something, it's hard to put those things under. It's hard to get rid of them when you feel that your credibility is not quite where it ought to be. That's for the reason why you need that healing inside of you. Because if you feel that other people are blaming you and at the same time you blame yourself, that's, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. Now, I'm sure if I ask for a raise of hands, that a lot of people would raise their hands saying, Brother Grant, my soul needs to be healed. We're, no, th this is not a, a sin issue here we're talking about. We're not talking about someone that's living in sin. We're talking about someone whose sins have already been taken care of. Now, obviously, if your sins have not been taken care of, you need that healing. You need to take care of those sins tonight and get that healing. I mean, you obviously need that. And and but but some people, when it says gifts, gifts plural of healing, some people have that 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 special gift of helping people overcome and feel good about themselves. They have that. And and just their their gentle touch and the way they pray with people. The way they do that. Now keep in mind, this is just as important as it is to have a physical part of your body healed. Do you know that? I mean, if you divide the, the, the whole man up in equal parts, one-third soul, one-third spirit, and one-third body, if the soul is contaminated or if the soul needs a healing, it just might be more important to have the soul healed than it is to have the body healed. At least you can continue on and serve God with a sick body. But you can't get the real victory you need when your soul needs a healing. Praise God. And then here is one that's closely associated. I say closely associated because the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4, 12, the word of the Lord is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and of spirit. Now the Bible speaks that the word of God is able to define, slice right between the soul and the spirit. 
If you will turn with me to the book of Proverbs, the 18th chapter, you'll find this very important scripture, Proverbs 18, 14. <clears throat> the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? People with broken spirits or wounded spirits. Uh, it, it is so, so important that, that, that people with wounded spirits, that they are healed. There are some people that seem to be special agents drawing salaries and punching time clocks for the devil that are sent to wound your spirit. You could get so high about something and somebody will just come by and say, oh, well, just wait a minute. You know. I mean to tell you just In the past, you know, I've had a lot of people that I've pastored that just really worship. I've had a few people get a little concerned about, oh, this person's running and then, oh, this person's doing that. Of course, Brother Jeff, it's no reflection on you. Nobody's saying anything about you running, okay? <clears throat> but, uh, uh, you know, that always that matter comes up, you know. What 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 about this? What about I said, look, don't worry about wildfire. Because there's always enough old wet blankets to put it out. <laughs> <clears throat> there are people that are that are just graded that that just I mean you can really get the victory and they they're just graded, just just taking all the wind out of your sails. That's not the only thing that can wound your spirit. You can just try and try and try and try and try and try and try until all of a sudden you just break down almost and cry. I just can't do this. I've known of people's businesses or their business that's just floundered. And they just tried and tried, did everything they could to keep things above board, practicing good stewardship and everything. It's just almost like, you know, I don't know. How many of you have had a hard time at one time or another getting a job? You ever had a, I mean, you've gone to, you know what it's like when you just, well, you've got to go in and ask, you know, are you accepting applications? And you just get gun shy. You, you know what I'm talking about? You ever had that type of thing? Man, you just, you just almost prayed before you went in there that the personnel director wasn't around. <clears throat> so, because I don't want to be turned down again. Because your spirit's wounded. So you make this application and someone looks over their glasses and you know, with the reader glasses. I need to get reader glasses, you know. <laughs> Who said no? Sister Grant said no. 
All right? Means I won't get them. <coughs> I like reader glasses. Somebody out here has a pair of reader glasses, I know. Greg, Greg I'm going to have to borrow yours one day, okay? He's got them for me right now. I probably couldn't see anything out of them, so. And they like them, don't they? Yes. But they look over those reader glasses. And there's just something about a person looking over them. They look mean. <laughs> That's why I don't need reader glasses. <laughs> and they... They start to ask a question, and they pause, and they think for a long time, and then they say, uh, are you unemployed, or what's the problem? Well, I'm just looking for a job. <laughs> you know, your heart almost stops beating. You want to just... Say, why am I in here? Boy, when I got my license in Texas, when I met the district board, the district board was great for just killing a guy. I made up my mind, if I'm ever on the district board, we're not going to try to kill preachers. So... Brother Gidrose, boy, he had those dark eyes. It just looked like that. I almost walked out and said, I don't think I want license. I, I'm, not, I'm not qualified to preach. I, <laughs> boy, I mean, he really, he, he knew how to do it. If you came out of there with a victory... You were tough. <clears throat> I know that it is a sober occasion. But every now and then, I counsel with a person that has a wounded spirit. And you can detect it. Sometimes husbands kill the spirit of their wife. I mean, just literally crush them. Sometimes wives kill the spirit of their husband. And sometimes couples fight for years and never kill one another. <laughs> I just had to put that in there. Sometimes parents do not know how to build self-esteem. And children grow up and marry and have children and all their life they have a wounded spirit the first thing that I, I talk with people about when I, they come in for counseling I said look at me right in the eye when you talk you don't shift your eyes and look down at the ground Just look at me right in the eye because we're going to build up self esteem Did you know that God can come and heal your wounded spirit? The spirit plays such an important part even in the physical uh, uh, of your yourself, your physical ailments. What does the Bible say? 
that the spirit of man will sustain his infirmity. In other words, if, if you get sick and you just kind of roll over and play dead for the devil, my, will he take advantage of you. I don't even like to admit I'm sick when I get sick. Do you? I like to think that I'm well. So I'll get up and go on anyway. Praise God. I'm not going to agree that I'm sick. Now, sometimes it doesn't last very long. But I keep telling myself, yes, yes. I know when my knee went out, and the doctor says, surgery. I was going, going over to, a week later after the swelling went out, I was going over to get a final examination prior to going in for surgery. I lay my hands on my knee every night. God, your Holy Spirit's going to come right out of my heart, down my fingers, and into this knee. This knee's going to be healed. I'm going to walk on this when I walk in there in that doctor's office and he sees that I'm walking, he's going to say, you don't need surgery. I walked in there, not even using a crutch. He said, what, what's going on? I said, well, I'm walking. He said, well, we better look at that again. You may not need surgery. <clears throat> Praise God. A wounded spirit. Now here's one. Luke 4.18. The Bible tells us about the Lord. He has come to heal the brokenhearted. I like to think of this as being so emotions. Some of you have recently lost loved ones. There is a rugged ruggedness involved in this. But you, you just don't know what it's all about until it happens. You don't know what it's all about until it happens. Some families have been broken up. This creates a broken heartedness. A broken heart. I have actually heard of people that grieved themselves to death. Couldn't get over it. It hurt him that man. Just broken hearted. Broken hearted. You seen the little little kids that wanted to go someplace and they were looking forward to it and plans were altered and they got their feelings hurt. You you heard them just sob and sob and sob and finally they just couldn't get the breath. They were crying so hard. I remember when I was just a little tiny kid. My daddy had promised me I could go fishing with uh, my uncle and my grandfather and my dad. And all of a sudden, right when they were getting everything loaded in the car, he backed out. I think he decided he didn't want to put up with me. I'm pretty sure that was the case. You're talking about breaking my heart. Oh. I mean, I, I actually hurt. We talk about broken heart because it doesn't hurt you up here. It actually hurts down in here someplace. It leaves the head and goes down in here someplace. You can feel it inside. I mean, I just, I, could, I wanted to do that so bad. 
I remember the first girl I dated, and I broke up with her. And uh, I had that same feeling. I've gotten over that. <laughs> Jesus healed me. <laughs> Actually, it was Darlene that healed me. <clears throat> Praise God. So you see, according to Scripture, there are a lot of different areas that you need to be healed in. It's not just the physical. We don't want to overlook the physical, and I'm taking quite a bit of time. I, this, I, I intended for this to be very low-key. Uh, not that, I'm, that a, uh, a more of a upbeat message would, would not be appropriate. I'm not against that at all. But I just wanted to talk to you because I, I think that among us we have people that need to consider more than just the physical. Usually that's what we're talking about. And turn with me to, to Matthew, the, uh, the fourth chapter, and I think this, this gives you a real idea about what healing is all about. Matthew, the fourth chapter, verse 24. Well, let's look, look at verse 23 and 24. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sicknesses. Now notice this. It says all manner of sicknesses and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. One translation says, and he healed them all. In other words, you find people demon-possessed. When they are set free and made whole, this is classified as a healing. He wants to heal. <clears throat> heal he wants to heal whatever is troubling you tonight Jesus wants to take care of that and you will find that not only did Jesus do this but the apostles in Acts the 5th chapter verse 16 that same power was extended to the apostles let's just turn there and look this has to do with Peter and his shadow coming over the people. The Bible says in Acts 5, verse 15, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed, every one. So now you know why when Paul writes about the gifts of healing, that he puts it in the plural because there's so many types of healing that we need. Isaiah 53, and it's an amazing thing to me, 
Isaiah 53, the Bible uses the present tense, by his stripes we are healed. You know, a lot of prophets in the Old Testament is written in past tense as if it had already happened. In other words, God was so sure that his word would be fulfilled that he put it in past tense as if it had already happened. But he put the about healing in the present tense. But when Peter writes about it, in 1 Peter 2.24, he says, by his stripes we were healed. In other words, Jesus has already taken care of all this for us, really. It's a matter of believing. See, theoretically, when did Jesus forgive us of our sins? On the cross. That's when he took care of the sin of all the world. Do you know when he took care of all these things I'm talking about? On Calvary. On Calvary. Praise God. Sister Wittenbach. Uh, what is, is Sister Wittenbach? She stepped out, okay. She sung this beautiful song this morning. Move me with your message, Lord. Move me with your message, Lord. You know, we need to really start reading this Bible. Letting God move us with this message. When we see more people made, made whole, we're going to see a great move of the Lord. We've been talking about conversions. We're going to keep talking about it. But we're going to start talking about miracles more. And we're not just talking about Miracles of the broken heart, miracles of the, the emotion, miracles of the, of the spirit, miracles of the soul. But God can take and heal your physical bodies. This is important to him. He's always done that. And, and the things that people see with their eyes, the tangible things, these are the things that really promote the cause of Christ. Really, they really promote the cause of Christ. I, I, I just I preached on faith out in Connecticut, Granby, Connecticut, and this lady came up to the front, and she had a hearing aid, and she said, I, she said, I cannot hear. I believe God's going to heal my ear. Would you pray for my brother Grant? And I prayed for her. She, she took that hearing aid out. Right, I mean, right then she took it out of her ear, and she could hear. She went home that night with that hearing aid in her hand. She could hear. Praise God. We're talking about Isaiah 53. Let's sing the chorus, He was wounded for our transgressions. How many of you feel that you need a healing tonight? Some type of healing. Raise your hand. Come on, my hand's up. Raise your hand, all right? Now, when we're singing that, we're not just talking about physical healing, but we don't want to minimize that either. But the number of hands that are raised here, obviously, if we had a, a, a prayer line, it'd take us a long, long time to get everybody through. But you know that God can heal you right where you are. <clears throat> Praise God. Brother Lee was here with us, did not preach. He came over and and, and Brother Brunker uh, asked him to pray. Brother Brunker. 
he asks you. All right, stand up and tell us about it. Just stand up and tell us about this. Listen to this. And you've had this back condition for how long? Since 1984. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Now what we're going to do, we're going to sing this chorus, and as we sing this chorus, if you need to be healed, just stand up. Whenever your faith is there, stand up and believe God that he will touch you. Now our ministers and elders who are throughout the congregation, of course a lot of them are not here tonight because of other commitments, you see someone that's, that you feel led to go pray with, go pray with that person. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. Surely he bore our sorrow. wounded for our transgression. That's it. Reach out to the Lord. Yield to Him right where you are. Believe God right where you are. Iniquity. Surely He bore our sorrow. Like Brother Manley, if he would. Now he's standing. Rich Thomas is standing. Brother Eckenrod, if you, uh, brethren, could just uh, start going around and just laying hands on these people. Brother Gaminder is one of our elders. If you could do that, Brother Gaminder. Praise God. Brother Rossing. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Reagan, help them pray, would you? Surely he our sorrow and by his stripes we are healed. 
that's in yield to him right now.